The Rangers signed Tyler Malley, a starting pitcher, but is a relief pitcher next on their shopping list. We're going to talk about all that and more with Javi Reyes of Locked On Padres. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are locked onto the World Series champion Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a creepingly addicted Texas Rangers fan, covering this team for 10 seasons, including all five as the founder and host of this podcast. Joining me today is Javier Reyes, host of Locked On Padres. How are you doing today, Javi? <coughs> well, starting off with a cough, so not the best, but uh, doing pretty great, man. Uh, both of our teams, lots to talk about. Both of our teams, one of them a lot happier. So frankly, I don't want to hear too much complaining. You, you. You can't claim the sad boy moniker anymore. No, the sad boy you, you've, moniker. You've left is... us, and frankly, I think that that would be a different form of appropriation uh, if you were to consider yourself <laughs> a sad boy. Uh, would be perfect odds. But no, in all seriousness, I'm doing all right, man. Uh, getting over a little bit of a cold. Uh, I know you the same as well, which is why we decided to cross over and talk about pitchers and spending and Josh Hader, I guess, right? Like all yeah. sorts of stuff to do. Yeah, all, all kinds of important stuff. Before we get into today's show, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Now, as soon as I have ever complained about the hot stove being cold, that is immediately when the Rangers have done things. Like, literally, I've sent like two tweets whining about how slow this hot stove has been. The first one, uh, about literally... 30 seconds after I, I tweeted that the Rangers need to go ahead and do something, they they made the blockbuster move of signing Kirby Yates. And this afternoon, I was tweeting about how this might be the slowest hot stove ever. <clears throat> and then the Rangers signed Tyler Malley, a right-handed pitcher formerly of the Twins and the Reds. The Twins acquired him at the trade deadline in 2021 for what is looking like a horrifically lopsided trade uh, in Christian Encarnacion Strand and Spencer Steer and another minor league pitcher who's not made his major league debut. Uh, Matley is signed to a two-year deal, making $5.5 million in 2024 because he's still coming back from Tommy John surgery, so we're not exactly sure when he's going to make his debut, and then $16.5 million in 2025. Um, but yeah, he has been pretty injured the last couple of years, a guy who I was really looking for the Rangers to maybe um, make a trade for uh, at that deadline in 2022 um, when the, the Cincinnati Reds were selling off literally everybody. He made nine starts in a season and a half with the Minnesota Twins at Tommy John back in uh, May of last year. So again, not entirely sure when he's going to be making his debut in 2024, um, but looks like a solid depth signing. I mean, 11, half, 11 million dollars a year. I mean, with this market, I feel like that's a, I mean, it's a risky move because anytime you have shoulder surgery or shoulder injury, which he did earlier in his career. Um, and then Tommy John, it's a little scary, but I don't know about you, but with given this market and, and like guys like oh, who was it? The Mets signed for $13 million. That I can't think of former Yankees pitcher. Uh, Luis Severino. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. If he's getting 13 mil a year for one year, I mean, 11 mil a year for two years for Mally, it feels like a solid deal. Is that, is that your read on this situation as well? Yeah, and Tyler Bally actually, I think, was a player that I thought the Padres might be interested in. I'm going to be doing that next week for the record, uh, people, for my podcast. Just wanted to help out Bryce and want him to help out me because we're both sick, like I attested <laughs> to earlier. But we're going to talk about, like, you know, lower tier, under the radar, dare I say, um, sort of pitchers. 
and I think Tyler Malley was was one of them. And I think that it should be mentioned that, you know, yes, this past year had, had like, you know, in just a few games, in five games, 3.16 ERA. But before then, just a serviceable starting pitcher. In 2020, he was really solid. So they were 21. And also keep in mind that he was pitching for a weird franchise and one of the hardest pitcher parks yeah. um, in Major League Baseball, if yeah. not the hardest like it's between them and cores. I think a lot of people know about cores, but Great American Ballpark is freaking crazy too, uh, in a lot of ways. I think that I think the reason it doesn't get the same rep is because the Rockies have never had like a good pitcher, while the Reds have. So people assume, oh, so it can't be as bad. No, it's it's it really is when you look at the ballpark data. So I think it's a really solid ad, especially for a team that like they can afford to just take pot shots at guys. They don't have to be like, we need the guy to put us over the top. You know why? Because we are already on the top. So instead, we take these lower tier ads with big upside. And if they don't work, it's whatever. We still have a lot of talent on this team. We still have uh, apparently a demigod and Corey Seager and a bunch of other dudes. And You're I, welcome to take him out of the, the NL West. You're welcome for that. Yeah, Andre that's Cam. the only good like thing that happened for the Padres, honestly. Every team keeps seems to like give them more and more stars um so it's it's frustrating sometimes but you know what uh i appreciate that texas thank you very much the old stopping grounds of our gm aj preller so maybe there's a connection there uh, I think, but yeah i, man, think there might I be. like the signing yeah and it kind of reminds me a lot of what the rangers did by signing a bazillion pitchers last offseason and none of them were i mean Degrom was you know five years 185 million that that's mm. a that's a big signing but yeah. i think the thing the rangers uh that made them so successful last year is they had like seven or eight guys going into camp they felt decent about being starting pitchers and and by the world series they had like three three starting pitchers really and uh i mean kind of two and a half really it was basically yeah. jordan montgomery and nathan evaldi and so they're like well if we're gonna you know embrace the risk and you just gotta hope that like you've got some top end guys and if they all if a couple of them hit or a couple of them are you know enough of them are healthy towards the end then you can get on a run. And so they had healthy Nathan Evaldi by like the skin of his teeth, get rehabbing at the major league level in the month of September to get healthy, literally the first day of, of the postseason or by his first start. And then they had Jordan Montgomery. And then they had a couple of three inning starts from Max Scherzer, a couple of decent outings from John Gray and Andrew Heaney was solid in the postseason. But it's like, let's go take a bunch of swings, two-year deals on these guys, like Nate Evaldi, who was like mm -hmm. a two-year, what, 34-ish million dollar deal? Like, it was not that big a deal. Mm -hmm. um, and so just signing a whole, 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 whole bunch of them and saying, all right, we know some of these guys are going to hurt. They are old. Um, but surely not literally all of them are going to be hurt. And even mm -hmm. if they are, we'll go trade for some guys at the deadline, which is what they did this year. Yeah. And I imagine that there's still some other guys you know, out there, I imagine that they could potentially maybe boost the bullpen a little bit. If I mean, I don't know enough about the Rangers bullpen, but just if they're not, it was very bad. And yeah. Like three guys got on heaters in October. Yeah. That's what, that's what feels like kind of happened. Um, except like, well, it happened for the Diamondbacks. It was more like, yeah, that makes sense. The Diamondbacks have good relievers while the Rangers, it's like, whew, thankfully, because let me tell you as someone who was rooting honestly for the Rangers to win um, the world series that the, Jose Leclerc, uh, my Bob screams multiple times at the TV uh, at him, like not making it way too scary. You know what I'm saying? So I think that might be a direction that they can solidify in. Then you hope to get anything out of Scherzer and whatnot. Um, Scherzer's kind of your guys' Darvish. 
um, right now. And I mean that in terms of the role. Uh, they're both old, obviously, and they're both battling a lot of injuries and Darvish, but but like both of them going on good stretches, even if it's only for like a month or two, uh, wouldn't surprise either of us. Like if Scherzer starts off next year with like a low three, you know, ERA, well, like that wouldn't surprise me. The same thing goes for Darvish, so it's going to depend. Well, the thing is with Scherzer, I think a lot of people didn't realize this. I mean, working with uh, pitching coach Mike Maddox, who was his pitching coach when he won uh, two of his three Cy Young awards, um, maybe all three of them. I think I think I know it was at least two out of three coming back and working with him was very, very helpful. I mean, he had three, two ERA in 45 regular season innings with the Rangers. Like he was much, much better. He didn't get nearly played with a home run ball as much as he did with the Mets. Like I think that also pitching on a competitive team uh, was, was definitely helpful for a guy who is just the ultimate competitor out there. Um, but yeah, I think this is definitely a strategy in terms of, you know, signing a bunch of, a bunch of pitchers that do have some injury risk to the two, three-year deals. I think that's definitely something that the Padres um, could try their hand at as well. But coming up, we're going to look at some of those more mid-tier uh, free agents, including a lefty pitcher from each of our organizations that uh, might make sense on the other team. Right after this, we're from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. It's $150 if your team wins. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. You can bet on... Um, Oh, you you said that we're not we're not, not allowed to talk about uh, nope. the football team we that was We are currently formerly... recording uh, by the team whose quarterback apparently is uh, reportedly... Uh, from certain conglomerates, including sometimes Bryce himself. Uh, just he can't get it done. They're currently losing 28 nothing to the Raiders uh, before the second quarter is even over. So uh, hopefully you didn't bet uh, on that one team from L.A., uh, I guess is, is the way to put it. But hey, there's some really fun games this week. Jake Browning, all of a sudden a thing for the Bengals. Kind of fun story. Uh, Broncos Lions, I think, is a weird, like strangely interesting game. There's some good ones this week, and I personally, I think it's time to bet on the Bills over the Dallas Cowboys. They're due for a loss anyway, and I think the Oof. Bills are really good. Another yeah, another team with a really good quarterback who sometimes gets mocked be- for weird reasons. So <laughs> Yeah, you can do that and, and bet on the Dallas Cowboys to win it all, just like the Texas <laughs> Rangers did this year. Just all Dallas championships, everything. Go check out the Lions on FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. It's it's so funny, like Cowboys fans are fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just the Cowboys as an entity I hate. We've talked about this before, but anyway. Sir. This, is, this is not locked on Cowboys. They no, it is not over there. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, I am talking about a championship organization, the Texas Rangers, who have lost in free agency so far, could bring back, um, it might make sense for either of these teams, Jordan Montgomery, the lefty who in 11 starts with the Rangers had a 279 ERA was an absolute hoss in the playoffs and was basically the only pitcher on earth who could get out Jordan Alvarez, which was uh, really fun and not at all super terrifying to watch. Um, but is that a guy who you think makes sense for the Padres? I mean, they lost, they've lost so many innings in their rotation due to free agency. I don't know if they're going to bring back Blake Snell or Josh Hader or who they just lost Seth Lugo as well to the mm-hmm. Royals who are spending money, which is kind of cool. Happy for mm-hmm. them. Um, yeah, I thought it was adorable. I love that side for the Royals. Um, I, I, so 
I'm more in the minority from what I've seen anyway, among Padres fans and media and whatnot, that I don't think the Padres rotation is that bad. Um, I really don't. I think that. What does it look like right now? Because right at, now it's, it's Darvish, I know it's Darvish Musgrove, and, yeah. Michael King, probably, uh, who they recently just acquired in the Juan Soto trade. I, I just think that they are in a position where there are worse guys to bet on um, than you Darvish to bounce back. As long as he's healthy, I think he could be great. And considering that he had some his season shut down, you know, a little bit earlier, he battled with injuries. He also struggled with the Padres when he was hurt. So this might just be an injuries guy. I'm just saying that it wouldn't surprise me if he's good. Musgrove is as reliable as they come. I like Michael King a lot. And then you get into the weird ter- territory for sure. Um, but I just don't think that it's a, like a DEFCON one or a DEFCON four, I should say. I think they're more at like two and a half, three, because there's still plenty of names out there. And remember, Padres Def- fans, it's DEFCON worth- one is actually the most. Is it? I keep getting it mixed up. It is. And the reason I know that is because I installed the Def Grom rankings whenever uh, I was tracking all of Jacob DeGrom's injuries. Um, yeah, that's the wow. only reason that I know that. I think I might well, still then. have. But a, uh, you get my point where it's like I'm concerned, but I'm not like at that level one. Like, I think a team that should be at like red alert one is a team like the Red Sox, a team like the Orioles, like especially considering the Orioles, the latter of the two, like are really up there and being competitive. Uh, so they could absolutely go sign, which they won't because they're Orioles. But that's kind of what I'm getting at. Well, the Padres, it's like, I think they can take similar, the similar tier of the Tyler Malleys. Um, and one of the reasons I think that that's worth bringing up, one, their pitching coach, Ruben Niebla, is a king. He is a king slayer as well. Uh, he's just a guru. Um, and I think that's worth bringing up that this is the same freak out that people had about the Padres heading into the season. Now, don't get me wrong. They are losing Snell, or at least they might lose Snell. I don't want to. We'll talk about that in just a second. But like last year, it was the same concern. And it ends up being the offense that was a problem because they got a lot out of Seth Lugo. They made that risky signing and said, well, we want to bring you in as a starting pitcher. They did that with Michael Waka, who was excellent, who's still out there as well. So I think that they could do that again. If you have Musgrove and Darvish holding the four, you get stuff out of Michael King. Not to mention they've got a lot more reinforcements in the minors now with pitching, whether that means that they want to bring them up or you um, use them as trade bait to go get a proven major league starter, but Robbie Snelling, Dylan Lesko, and now um, Drew Thorpe from the Yankees. That's a nice like Trinity of three pitchers to at least have in your back pocket, uh, depending on how you use them. Um, So I don't think that they're like, they need to go out and sign Snell is basically where I want to end my point. Um, I like Blake Snell a lot. It's weird. Some reports lately that are like the market on him is a lot cooler than people might've expected that the, the price isn't as Um, high as people said. I'm not surprised. Because, because there are red flags. There are definitely are, red flags. That are loud. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I think it all depends on your team situation. If you feel pretty good about what you have and you're not dying for a starting pitcher, Blake Snell would be awesome. Like, I think a Rangers, a team like that, I mean, obviously. But, like, the Rangers, it would be like, we are pretty content and we're pretty good, so screw it. We'll go get last year's Cy Young winner. The, a team like the, I don't know, like... um. Uh, 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 Mariners. I can't think of one off the top of my head right now. Uh, the Braves, teams like that, where the Mariners like links were weird because like yeah. they need like seven bats, and yeah, mm-hmm. they just signed a guy with red flag coming off a Cy Young season. That's a lefty, and that has not worked out for them. In Robbie I think Ray. Robbie Ray's good though. I think Robbie Ray's good. It's just that he's not, um, you know, a, a number one starter. But I think in their rotation. It's it's well worth the money. I, I really do. I, I know I might mm. be on the um, minority on that, but I just I think it depends on what your what your kind of situation is. 
um, if you have some backup plans, because it's true. Look, Blake Snell pitched behind one of the best defenses in the National League, literally a platinum gold winner in the outfield. You have the fact which that is you walk so people. wild, which is so wild. Um, literally, like, um, you know, one of the better defenses and not just in the National League, but the American League, too. Um, you have that behind him. He had a historically high walk rate, um, really fun season. But can you count on him to keep missing that as many um, bats, especially with the walk rate and the fact that while he, well, whenever he does reach this mark, he's been great, but like of only 180 innings, like once or twice and the two times have been a Cy Young season. So he hasn't always been available. There are huge red flags with Blake Snell, and which is why I don't think that they should be the Padres, given the fact that they are, you know, cutting back on payroll just a little bit while still spending a lot. I just don't think Snell would be the direction I'd go in. I'd rather take some pot shots of the Tyler Malley tier personally. Yeah. And the thing I, I love about Montgomery, why I, I like, I have said from the start, if the rate, like, cause the Rangers could have gone into the season without making a single free agent signing, which sounds super cocky to say, but like they have the depth, especially in the lineup to just let Garver mm-hmm. walk. And they might not have to sign a single like bat. They might sign mm-hmm. like one backup outfielder, but like there's really not a huge need. But the only need was like just somebody that you know is going to be durable in your rotation, somebody you can count on for 150 to 170 innings. And Montgomery is that. Like, that's yeah. why I'm like, give him his money. G- give him the money, please. Like, he is feels like a very safe bet. He's a lefty, fits in the clubhouse. You know what he's like, um, and you like him. And he is a World Series hero, or at least mm-hmm. an ALCS hero. And like, Go give him that bag because it makes sense. It makes just too much sense for it to not have already happened at this point. I will say, just to be a little devil's advocate, because that's what makes good radio, as How they say. How dare you? That's right. I'm going to be devil. devil's advocate. Um, <laughs> I think that the idea of a safe signing is always, obviously, um, not always um, true, I think, in my opinion. I think every, obviously, every sign is going to come risky with it. Shoyotani comes risk with it. I'm a little bit mixed on the Montgomery thing because part of me is the Pablo Sandoval red flags, i.e. guy who goes absolutely nuclear in the postseason and then kind of gets a bag from it. Chris Taylor being one of the last ones I could think of. Solid player, don't get me wrong, but gets a little bit inflated because he did great in the playoffs. Montgomery has a little bit of that vibe. Doesn't strike out as many batters as I would like, um, but he can be really solid for you. I just yeah. am wondering if the price point is going to get a little bit crazy because of this last year with the Rangers and the playoffs, as opposed to, I think the Cardinals is the only good move they made in a while when they traded for him. I thought that he was one of the more underrated starters in the league goes out five innings. Maybe he'll give up three, but he's only given up three. He's just reliable. He's sturdy. Like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's one of those things where does Blake Snell's strikeout stuff, not age well, or is Jordan Montgomery another Kyle Hendricks? Where everyone talks about this guy's quietly really good. He quietly gets the job done. And all of a sudden, boom, it's gone. Uh, and that's kind of what happened with Kyle Hendricks in a lot of ways of the Cubs. So, look, I, I'm cool with either. Either would be really fun. I It's it's a real like question. Like, who would you rather have between those two? I think that if you know what you're getting from Snell, then yeah, you take Blake Snell. The upside is crazy. While Montgomery, if Montgomery's just a, a, a mid-threes ERA guy, who doesn't kill you. He can go the innings that might be really valuable, especially for a Padres team. Yeah. I think it's, I think that value is more what I see in it than, Oh, he's starting game one of a playoff series for you. Wow. Like that was 
extra bonus for me, honestly, mm-hmm. like huge bonus. Cause like most years you're giving you 150 to 180 innings and it's quality. It's he's not going to have like a bunch of like the, you know, the top end starts of like, Oh, he went seven innings and struck out 18. It's like, Oh, he did 17 starts in a row of like six innings and two to three runs. And in his bad start, he went five innings, four runs. And it's like, there's value in that. There's a lot of value in that. I think that often gets overlooked. Coming up, we're going to look at the lefty on the Padres side in Blake Snell. And also a look at Josh Hader, if he makes sense for the Texas Rangers. Right after this word from our sponsors. So early on in free agency, there was a lot of smoke, a lot of linkage, a lot of rumors that the Rangers were definitely favored to sign Josh Hader. And as we have gone on and the Rangers financial situation has uh, gone less good, um, there's been issues with Bally Sports, which uh, more issues yeah. than, than usual. The Rangers are possibly missing out on one hundred and eleven million dollars if Bally decides to drop them. Diamond Sports, whatever conglomerate decides to drop them this year um which would be uh less good and spending 20 million a year on a closer terrifies me but mm-hmm. it, it it seems like all indications are that if you're going to spend money on a closer josh Hader is a pretty good bet is that something you'd agree with who watching this guy for what a year and a half with the padres he is a guy that if he ever gives up runs he's beating himself you know what i mean i mean obviously i'm, I'm being a little bit hyperbolic there but that's what it is and he's one of those that were every now and then you could tell you're like, oh, this is the rare. Is there a double blue moon outside? You know, is lightning striking twice? This might be that rare instance when he's beating himself a little bit when guys don't swing at like the high fastball stuff like that. But I mean, he's been a lock. You know what I'm saying? Like th- this guy outside of uh, 2022, which is one of the weirder like <laughs> closer things ever. Uh, yeah, if you look I'm- at a strikeout rate, everything. I'm- Looking at that, like the 2022 and the splits, like in Milwaukee, he had a 420 ERA in 34 or 37 games. Mm-hmm. He gave up nearly two homers per nine, then gave up like 0.6 homers per nine with San Diego, but like doubled his walk rate. It was like, what? Yeah, it, it's it's very weird what happened there. Um, I think that it was similar to what happened to Rollis Chapman uh, to make God. a Rangers thing. Not with the Rangers, but it was like three or four years ago where he literally gave up like 20 runs in two weeks and everyone's like, what happened here? And then he just became a solid pitcher after that. You know what I mean? Not a guy who's going to blow you away. And then obviously things change. He ends up going to the Royals, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know how he's been with the Rangers, but well, um, he was the Rollis Chapman. It, it's, it's sounding very similar, except with more beating himself than, than Josh Hader did. Cause the walk yeah. rate was insane. Like yeah. the strikeout rate was insane, but the walk rate was insane. And it's like, there'd be some times where he'd come in and like the first pitch is just like to the backstop, like no idea where it's going. Like, Oh God, he's got to face three hitters. He's probably going to walk all of them or he's going to you know, yeah. hang one right down the middle and get crushed. It's pretty nuts that hater had his best ERA finish 1.28 this last year with the Padres yet wasn't his highest F4 total. His highest was in 2021 actually with the Brewers. Um, now part of yeah, that five think, walks per nine. I know. I think that's part of it. I also think that he just wasn't used that much in the second half. That's the only thing. Uh, Padres fans don't like him because he just seems to have refused. Now. I think that there's a multitude of things that we don't have to get into from Melvin to upper management, not communicating to why don't you trade this guy. If you knew that he was going to do this, et cetera, et cetera. But 
I mean, he's pretty money. So if you're a team like the Rangers that is in the driver's seat, reigning champions and all that, I, I think that it would be okay. If you're not, though, I am just always, 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 except for Edwin Diaz because he's Puerto Rican, um, I'm always going to be against signing relievers to long-term contracts. This guy literally might be a Hall of Famer. It's totally possible that he is. I don't know, though, and I'd rather not make that bet, i.e., be careful because the, like the reliever volatility is crazy in baseball. You know this, I know this, and my thing would be: look, um, he could go out and he could be Mariano Rivera, where he's got eight years, where he's going to be a really effective closer. He could be Kenley Jansen, but it could also go the other wayside, right? Where he just becomes a like what the Padres are doing with Robert Suarez right now, where you just don't know what you're going to get out of him. Um, heck, Trevor Rosenthal fell off. Remember Trevor Rosenthal? That guy was on fire for a long time. So. I would be very, very careful. But if you're a team like the Rangers, where you're kind of set up in a lot of areas, you could do a lot worse than saying, you know what, let's let's try getting the best closer of the game. That might be pretty good. Yeah, I, I think so. But I think you and I are on the, on that same wavelength in terms of relievers. Because so I was saying this going into there was a bunch of questions that we we did like a ten questions or whatever before the postseason, and one of the questions for like all the the locked on hosts was like, why is your bullpen good enough to win the world series which um the rangers had a historically bad bullpen this year like more blown saves than converted saves like which was has never happened for any team that's won like 90 games like it, it just has never been done but the thing is and i was proven very right by this rangers bullpen uh shout out to jose leclerc and josh sports for making me look very very smart you just need a couple of guys to go on a heater for a month mm-hmm. and they did and we've seen jose leclerc and josh Spores at times look incredible like absolutely incredible for stretches and then times where they look bad and you just need a couple of them to go right. So I would rather spend instead of spending $21 million a year on a closer, especially on like what will probably be like a five year deal for this guy. I would rather go get, you know, three guys for 7 million each because Mm -hmm. one of them might not work out. One of them might get hurt. And then the last one might be really freaking good. And that's much better value than, 20 million dollars a year on one guy that's just mm-hmm. how i feel about relievers in general it's like they are all crapshoots even the very very good ones like yeah um i think that a bullpen isn't as much of a crapshoot like as a whole like because we keep seeing that there are teams that have bad ones but like individual just like if we're picking one yeah individual be, relievers yeah individual relievers is tough and i think that um if you're a padres fan yes losing him stinks that's the area where i actually am more concerned uh, for the Padres is the bullpen. Cause I think that you can look at certain things that the Padres just weren't lucky in when it comes to being clutch, all those sort of things, driving in runners, obviously, and the starting pitching. I still think they could redeem that. Even if, if you look at the numbers, the, I don't think that it was that fluky uh, for the Padres. I don't think it was only them being bad bullpen uh, in clutch situations. I think that they might just be not that great um, in general. So I'd be very careful of that. That does not mean I want to bring back hater though. I think that they need a genuine like retooling, of that whole bullpen for the most part. I don't really trust anyone there outside Cosgrove and maybe one or two others, um, Tom Cosgrove. So yeah, I'm for it. Um, I just, who bullpens, man. And another thing, if you're a Padres fan past few years, they've been really good at putting together a bullpen, despite not having a quote unquote closer sometimes. So what I mean by that is first year host of the show, they lose Kirby Yates immediately. What happens? They had Drew Pomeranz. Right. They had Drew Pomeranz and they had some other guys turn up for them. And then they have the year after that. Oh, well, we 
we, we trade for Trevor Rosenthal. Well, you got to bring him back because he was on fire, right? He was great. Gets hurt. They ended up, they dodged that bullet. And then they do Luis Garcia and, or not Luis Garcia, I'm sorry, Mark Melanson. He ends up being great for the team. Then the year after, they do Luis Garcia and Robert Suarez. Robert Suarez and Luis Garcia were not good this year, but last, those previous years in 2022, they were very, very good. So I think you could put this together. And I, I trust um, management that they've been doing pretty good, all things considered, with their bullpen. So I wouldn't want to go for the hater thing. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But what, one last thing before we get out of here, I do want to touch on there was this article written in The Athletic mm-hmm. by Ken Rosenthal talking about how it's so good for baseball that Shohei Otani is going to the big market yeah. of LA as opposed to the big market of LA. And I just think it's so silly. And I think it's so much better for baseball when teams like the Rangers and the Padres are trying, whether it works out or whether it doesn't. It's obviously easier to say that uh, being on the end of it, that it did work out, yeah. but uh, it's just, I think it's, it's just so much better for baseball having more teams in, you know, non-traditional markets, non-traditional baseball markets that haven't, you know, been the dynasties. Cause like the Dodgers weren't always the Dodgers. The, the Yankees weren't always the Yankees. I mean, there was the 1908 Yankees before they had won 27 rings and you know, what, what was them signing Babe Ruth, whatever it was, trading for Babe Ruth in 1912, whatever the heck it was. Like those teams become the juggernauts because they win, because their teams put forth effort. And the more teams that are doing that, the more teams that are going out and spending and making these these big trades and these big swings, I think that's better for both baseball in general. Don't you? Look, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Everyone, they can go check out my episodes of this week where Dodgers fans found it. And helped it blew up just a tiny bit uh, and got very mad at me saying, well, what's the difference between what the Padres spend versus the Dodgers? Like that was okay when the Padres did. Well, yeah. Um, the difference is that the Padres historically have been inept, incompetent, and they haven't spent at all. So it's a lot cooler. I.e. if let's say the New England Patriots got Trevor Lawrence, that would be infinitely less fun than the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know why? Because we saw the Patriots dominate for so long. We don't need to see them get another quarterback. Let someone else have a chance. I think from the good for baseball, I think that it depends on what you're talking about. I do. I think if we're talking about what would have been awful for the sport, I genuinely think if he stayed with the Angels, that would have been bad. I think this is the Billy Bean Moneyball thing. Where would have been really funny, though. There's rich, poor, 50 feet of crap, then there's us. I think it went, you know, um, in terms of... Uh, like Incompetence. Like, in terms of the worst, it would have been like, yeah, Dodgers and this, they're bad, but... 50 feet under is the angels that would have been actually bad for the sport because while it is LA, it is a little bit smaller of an LA, almost like Clippers Lakers, that type of thing a little bit um, to use another cross sports um, analogy. But, and, but that's also in terms of it's good in terms of ratings. Um, I think people are front runners a lot of times in sports, um, not because they're all going to become Dodgers fans because people want to tune in. Oh, that's a super team. Or they want to tune in to root against someone. Guess which Super Bowls were rated really highly? The ones with the Patriots in it, because people hate the Patriots and want to root against them. And I bet you the Cowboys are in it. There's a lot of Cowboys fans and people want to root against them. So I do think from having that villain, the Warriors thing was the same way. Um, And especially considering that baseball, unlike football and basketball, it's harder to put it in a headlock Mm -hmm. where it's just a a lock who's going to win the World Series every year. It's just not. like It's just not how the sport works. You do need to spend a lot, but it's not that way. So I think it's good from that perspective, but we need to stop having, especially media people praise and do ratings watching um, because there's more to it than that. I think from the fan base perspective and fandom, it is not as fun. Um, Look, all that matters is winning. Well, then why aren't the Rays like more of a beloved team? 
You know what I mean? The Rays have been as consistent as they come. Guardians, too, to an extent. The Guardians had the most, the highest winning percentage for any team from 2012 to 2019, I believe. Um, maybe I made those numbers up, but you get my point. Um, they were like, they had the best win record. Guess what? They didn't get any more popular. You get more popular and more exciting by having stars. It's what people want to see. They want to see Bryce Harper at the ballpark. So from that perspective, that's why I thought it was worst was Angels. Down here, it was worst was Dodgers too. But then best, I think, would have been like a Cubs, a Giants, a Blue Jays, teams that haven't had that level um, in a long time. Um, I'm discounting other teams because they would never spend like a Baltimore. But I think that, I think it depends on what you're talking about. Ratings and people eyeballs, sure. I do think it'll help there. Um, it's, it's better a, than the Angels. But in terms yeah. of fans, what is fun, competitive balance, it isn't great to be in a sport where, and again, this is not even a Dodgers fault. I don't think Otani's a villain at all. I think it's great for him. I love that he said, I'm going to where I want to win. I don't want to waste my career. Maybe we should be mad at the Angels. Let's be mad at the Angels for making it that, hey, maybe if they're a little bit more competent, maybe he stays with the team that has Mike Trout. You know what I mean? Like maybe he does that, but they haven't been to the playoffs since like, what was it, 2013 or whatever? It's been so, a while. Yeah. It's been a long time. So I think that that, I don't blame him at all. Um, I think it will be fun. I do, I do think that if you're watching them in the playoffs, Otani's going to have some cool moments that I think people are going to be really looking forward to. You already saw the World Baseball Classic. That was a yeah. blast. Yeah, so, absolutely. But it, it, all of this money to spend just to lose to the Rangers in the World Series, it's going to be <laughs> a lot of fun to watch. Javi, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy World Series champion Texas Rangers baseball. <laughs>